Welcome to the first ever episode of North London's Most Read, the Arsenal podcast. In this, the first ever episode, we're talking about our 4-0 win over West Brom. But we also get on to Alba's dip in form and what we think about that for the future. Balogun's future with just six months left on his contract. Can Pepe play himself into the team on the right wing with how good Sack has been? A potential new contract for holding. Isn't Ketty good enough for the squad? Are we Arteta in or out? And Kalasinac's outgoing loan move. Stay tuned. Welcome to North London's Most Read. We're an Arsenal football podcast, two long-term friends bringing you everything Arsenal. On today's episode, we will be discussing Arsenal's 4-0 victory over West Brom. I'm Kieran. I'm Jamie. So, how do you feel like the game went tonight, Jamie? Uh, you know what? It's like the old Invincibles times again. Me, being big eight years old when it happened, I'll pretend to have perfect 2020 vision, but from... From the nice little silky plays, I can't, I have nothing to be angry about. You know, you can be annoyed about that one misplaced pass that I'm sure we would go on about for 20 minutes if we'd lost the game. But like, you know, you forgive all of it on your best nights and, you know, uh, I can't be more happy after getting, you know, three wins in a row after it was getting, and you can tell Arteta's one of those guys that he wants to say what he wants to say. And when he's even getting shaky and starting ranting about like XG and stuff like that, you can tell that the pressure's getting to him. So it's nice that, you know, we can go back to sort of being more normal and less reactionary and less at your throat and things like that. So it should be, beyond the three points, a good game to build on, as were the first two. And, um, you know, we're in 11th. Let's see how it goes. Bottom, bottom half, but we'll, we'll work yeah. on it. This isn't what we're used to, but we'll so, have it. So when you saw, like, the team lineups today, how, mm-hmm. how did you feel? So obviously you've got Lacazette that's coming in for Martinelli mm-hmm. and you've got Ceballos that's came in for El Nani. How did you feel about them two changes to the starting eleven? I'm always happy to see Smith row. I thought, you know, we've got nothing to lose. We're not going to get top four. The only chance of European or Champions League football is for the Europa League. So yep. even if the kids lose you points, let's see them. Let's build for the future because this season's a write-off. Um, and he's looked so exciting that it's yeah. not like we're, I feel like we're losing a lot of points by playing a young Smith row. He seems to have the maturity. He's got the vision that no one yeah. else has got. And um Saka's it's it's not even like we're bigging up a 19 year old because we love him and he's from the academy anymore we big him up because he's literally the best player oh, on the pitch most he's, of the time he was unreal t- on tonight's game yeah I feel sorry for people like Pepe that just like even if we want to see how they can do there's just no justification for leaving Saka out of the squad at the moment um as for you know the uh, rest of the front line when you've got people like Alba and Laka Laka's been in good form I'm happy to see him I like him yeah, dropping definitely. deep um but to be honest, everyone seems to be on a good level. That it's difficult to be like, oh, they've picked the team like this. Apart from people like William that should be nowhere near and hopefully don't get on the pitch anytime soon. If I see Pepe playing, if I see Alba playing, if I see Lacquer playing, if I see Martinella playing, I'm ha- I'm not mad about any of those choices at the moment because we seem to have a lot of people that are playing decent. Definitely. Well, I, th- I think personally, like the Sabias for any change was big tonight because yeah. Sabias, he's a guy that can carry the ball. Elneny can do that, but. Sabias is always looking to go forward. He's on the turn. He's on the half turn all the time. He's looking to spray balls, like free balls. Like I think we really needed it tonight against like a low block West Ham. Obviously a Sam Allardyce, Allardyce team that's going to be difficult to break down. Obviously not tonight. They're normally way more organised. But I think Sabias was a big, big change. And obviously Lacazette coming in and getting two goals. That's that's a justified selection. Yeah. So I think as far as the so as far as the first eleven team goes, I think Arteta got it all right tonight. Yeah, I think we missed Sabios against Brighton. We could have done with someone that can carry the ball, and because they sat so nicely on our front four, we, did, it was we weren't good in attack at all against Brighton. No, we had, to, I, we had to wait for Saka to produce like a moment of individual brilliance, and that was the difference. 
Yeah. Like, if he doesn't do that, it's no no. It's no no. And yeah. I think if we played another ninety minutes, that game ends one nil or one or like it's it wasn't a brilliant but we you know, yeah. we won that one. We're not talking about that one, but it's just Sabios I don't think people are gonna tell you that he's, you know, the Madrid's number eight for the no. next ten years, but he we he does give us something that El Nenny and Xhaka don't, and if we're insistent on playing one of those, then get Sabios in instead of the other one. And obviously, Party's coming back and things like that. But exactly, um, I'm still pleased with Sabios. He 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 has that agility that Xhaka is disgraceful. I in. think I think Xhaka, like Percy, had a bit of an anonymous game tonight. Like he did some tidy passes, but I d- you know when you you like watching the game, I just didn't see Xhaka on the ball doing as much it, for me most of it came through Ceballos mm-hmm. um, like in the middle of the park obviously like from the wings obviously Saka's cut inside on his his left foot and he's he's unreal like I think that like right wing stash you know right inside forward position for him it's like at the moment it's it's perfect because every time he cuts in on his left like he's everything Nicola Pepe should be he's and got he a banging cost, right foot as well he didn't he didn't cost 72 million as well like <laughs> unreal um, so let, let's go into like the first goal tonight so Tierney's first goal yeah, well class um, stuff, mate. Why that is he playing unreal. in defence? Why is he? Playing oh, yeah, in defense? honestly, like tonight, like the amount of balls he's whipped in and stuff like that, he could have been a left winger. Yeah, he, you know, he showed Aubameyang how it was done tonight, <laughs> and the way he's literally, he's he's gone to run down the ring, dummy, cut back inside, and he's he's honestly done the defender like unreal. But that defender didn't know he didn't he did not know which way he was going, and then obviously he's cutting on his right foot. And he's pinged it into the top corner. It's literally an unreal finish. I like, didn't know that Tierney. Had I didn't a right expect foot it. Like I didn't that. think. I. I. I just didn't think. There's one player on our team who I thought wouldn't have done that. It was Tierney. <laughs> I can see, he knocks it past players quite simply, but that was like technical. Like that was really technical. He's normally like a tap and rush kind of guy and whips a ball in, but that was that was unreal quality. I think tonight. Yeah, it just. Um, I think we're all. Before a game, we always get worried, like, oh, are we just going to get one of those frustrating ones where they play super defensive and we create yeah. 20, 30 opportunities and they don't score anything. So when you've got that first goal and you know that, like, nothing changing, you've got the win and they have to come out and do something against you, it's just such a relief because you know that they haven't got the fluidity that we've got on our best. And so if they're making mistakes and taking risks, trying to get that equaliser or whatever, we know that the game's going to be more open and we can score more goals. So just getting that oh, first one is such a relief, especially think, when it's something like that. I think as well, because in a lot of our games recently, or like minus the Chelsea games, we haven't been throwing goal, many, many goals in the first half. They've been hard to come by. And I think like, I think 22, 23 minutes in, he, he scores. And it literally sets the team up. You see the confidence. Like, we'll, we'll move on to the second goal. So when the second goal goes in, like, the team play is unbelievable. Like, you've got Saka, Bellerin, Smith-Rowe, Lacazette just pinging it around, doing one-twos on the edge of the box, moving really fast, and then creating an amazing team goal. Like, we've been lucky to have some over the years, but that's, like, the first proper Arteta team goal I can think of, like, for a while at least. Yeah, I reckon we'll see replays of that for a while. It was just so sleek. It was so nice, and it was it was a joy to watch one of them ones, especially when you got young kids like Saka and Smith Rowe being part of it. Come up from it the just, youth squad. It just completely then... justifies their selection. And you just think like, why has Saka not been playing further up pitch this season? Because he ha- he hasn't played on the right in a forward position long. He's normally been wing back on either side. And obviously Smith Rowe, this is third start in a row, and he's just. He's just connected our midfield to attack like so well. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And all these tens that we've been linked with, I hope we still do go active in the transfer market. But he's given a lot of people a lot of selection headaches, even if we bring someone who's you know top quality in as a number ten because well, he yeah, can Smith, do it. 
Smith Rowe's still young. You don't want to overburden him. You don't you don't want to put him in this position where he's the only playmaker in our team, sort of thing. Obviously, we tried Lacazette there, didn't work. Like Smith Rowe's really, he's really got that number ten like knuckle down at the moment. It's going to take a lot for someone to take it. I think Lacazette was actually like you know he got he had he had a great game at Cam in the Europa League and then he was thrust into it automatically yeah. and expected to play like a cam that's been a cam his whole career when he's probably never been played as like a, a 10 and so I think it's a bit unfair to be like oh you know he didn't work because he's obviously it's the Premier League right you get a few minutes to impress and that's it it's game yeah. over if you don't do it on the dot um, we'll never know because it'll probably never happen again I do like him as a more deep line forward but as a sort of 10 we'll never know but who knows maybe he could have done it he's got a good sort of stable passing range in my opinion yeah. um, but you know I'm very happy with his current performances I think, yeah, with the problem you've got with Lacazette is I think when we first started the season I think our first three or four games of the season he got about three goals he seems to go through purple patches and then I just hope obviously this time he scored quite a few in a row now so I just hope it continues yeah um, it was a very awesome Wenger type of goal that second one and you know I think it was from a very a, awesome, awesome Wenger kind of game really you missed those we could have, I mean I know obviously people talk about Arsene Wenger he he had his time and I don't really have an opinion on that it's, yeah. it's no there's no point speculating everyone had opinions at the time there's no point because you can't go back and things like oh, that yeah but that to see that kind of play again is it's, so refreshing it's the attacking fluidity and we yeah. haven't had it under Arteta like if you look at Arsenal like we scored, we've scored twenty goals this season. Like teams like Liverpool, they've got thirty-seven. Man United have got thirty-three. Like even teams like Aston Villa have got twenty-nine goals. They've got nine, you know, n- nine more goals than us at this stage of the season. Like it's 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 not been good enough for our attacking players. I think that's us down a lot. Yeah. And obviously in the in the last three games we've had Pablo Marie and we've had Rob Holden as our centre backs and they've only conceded one goal in the last three games. So I think the defence is getting better. You obviously have to look at the the opposition we're playing against. Like West Brom and Brighton, you know they're relegation candidates, so you can't read too much into it. But you know it's the first time it's three wins in a row, first time this season, and we scored four goals away from home. Like there's there's not too much negative to say at all about this performance today. No, and it didn't look like they were ever going to score either. So you know we completely shut them out, both offensively and defensively. The defense we can't, like, I don't think you'll find many Arsenal fans that will, as of like you know, in the same way that we used to go two years ago. The defence is the problem. The defence is the problem. We'll say that now because um, for anything that you can say about Arteta, he has shored up the defence. I think that we're think all so. we're all super, super happy with Gabriel because he seems to have made an instant impact. And we also seem to be happy with Mary now because he's done a good job whilst Gabriel has been out. But to me, that suggests that we underrate Rob Holding because he's been the partner for both of them. And if one of them comes in and instantly the defence is looking solid as both centre-backs are in a back four... I think we have to also give some credit to the person that makes the other one look good. And I think Rob Holden, um, I've been pleased with him. He does have a tendency to like misplace or just invent a person who's not there and pass it to the opportunity, uh, yeah. the opposition strikers once a game. Um, but I think he has not been giving, getting the credit he deserves. And given that he was going to go out on loan to Newcastle sure. at the beginning of the season, it's been a nice little redemption art for him as a, as a humble guy with a nice personality that seems to be committed to the team. Um, and I'm glad that he's he's solidified a starting he's, lineup he's, place. He's getting a he's getting a nice run in the team because obviously we bought him from Bright, um, Bolton, sorry, for like two million, 
quite a few years ago and he's always kind of been in and out of the team um he'd, he'd play a lot in the fa cup and do good performances but he'd never put a run of like five or ten games together and i think we've seen this season that we can rely on him i think obviously gabriel's our other first choice like center back and obviously replace marie when he's back i imagine but i think it's nice for nice for arsenal fans to see rob holden and really actually think I'm glad he didn't go out on loan. I'm glad he didn't go anywhere because if we didn't have him, who knows? We'd have had to play, obviously, David Luiz tonight and he's he's hot and cold. Sometimes he's world-class and sometimes he's an absolute nightmare. So it's nice to have someone more reliable. Like I, Rob Holden doesn't make many mistakes. He's not a world-class centre-back. I don't think he ever will be, but he's he's solid and dependable. He'll be a solid squad player if we do become what we all hope to become and get higher quality yeah. players in as well. I think that it's it's sad because... The time I saw him really impress me was uh, that run of games he had before he did that massive injury and he was out for ages. So it's, I, I'm, I was frustrated for him. I'm sure he was very frustrated that uh, you know as he was hitting his form and really getting locked down in the uh, locking down a place in the Arsenal team, he got that horrendous in- in- injury. Um, and when he came back, I'll admit I was like, oh, this guy, he's uh, he he looked a bit dodgy we and. Just- like, we when didn't, you didn't see a, sample, a, a big enough sample size at the end of the day. So I think it's so difficult when you've come, especially as a defender, and you've come back from quite serious injuries, you lose a bit of, it, t- it does take a while to get back into the swing of things. And I think when he first came back from one of his injuries, like he was a bit, yeah, I wasn't sure about him. But now that I've seen him like fully fit, getting his run in the team, stretch of games, like he, does, he looks a lot better than I originally thought he was. Yeah, I'm happy for the redemption arc. I think he's a nice guy. He's a he's a reverse Samson. The more hair that goes, the more powerful he gets. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> so yeah. So obviously we go three uh, 0 up. Um, Lacazette scores again. A bit of a pinball goal where uh, Smith Rose got cleared off the line. The West Brom defenders kicked it against his own post. Lacazette really really neat finish. Um, yeah, his finishing at the moment he's on fire. He's definitely a striker on form. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's uh he's lovely to watch when he's on form because his finishing is actually really 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 good. He just seems to He's got not he's got great te- he's got great technical ability. Like I think if you compare him to Aubameyang, Aubameyang's you know it's hard to say this season but Aubameyang's would get you more goals typically. He gets into better positions, but when if there was one person I could fall to who has a shot a goal like I think Lacazette's got the better better finish technically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and obviously his 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 third goal again starts from Saka cutting in on the right, looping the ball to the back post again. Um, I just I don't know how you feel, but like Saka to me is he's our best player. And as whereas last season you had most of the attacks trying to go through a Bamingang on the left to cut inside and score goals, or like majority of our attacks apart from when it goes to Tierney, but in a, an attacking position like our forwards, all the attacks are coming through Saka at the moment. Like, I didn't even know he had a right foot like that either. That's that's the that's the that's the player people are looking for. Like Tierney, obviously his own invention and his craft. Like a lot of our chances today were 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 created by Tierney, and he had a great game, bombing down the left wing. Like he honestly, his energy is unreal. Like it's unmatched. Um, but I think Saka in the four positions, and like I said earlier, he's everything we wanted Pepe to be, and we've we got him for freeze for our academy. Like it, the way it just looks like a waste of money we've gone for Pepe now. Like I don't see Pepe getting in the team after what Saka's done. Saka gets injured potentially, but Saka's not going to be played in wing back anytime soon. I don't think the way he's playing at the moment. No, I don't want to play three at the back anymore. We've seen, we found this. No more wing backs, wingers and defenders, uh, and that's it. I think it's it's sad because 
the less we see of Pepe, the more that we'll fantasize about what he could have been. And yeah. so, you know, you imagine that potential. It's like, um, you know, if you're a Tupac or a Notorious B.I.G. and you die after your first or second album, people think, ah, oh, you're the best of all time because of what you could have been. We see, we don't yeah. see Pepe and we're like, yeah. oh, you could have been a star. But then when he plays, he has a shocker against Dundalk and we're like, oh, not again. So, I think the, pro- the problem you've got with Pepe is... <sighs> I, I, it's hard to completely write him off because when I watch him, I think there is some real individual brilliance there. But when you consider to how consistent Saka is, like Saka will give you that every game. Yeah. Whereas Pepe, don't get me wrong, he'll, one every five games, he'll ping a ball into the top corner and it'll be an, like a, an amazing goal. But you're not getting, you're getting countless dribbles that he loses it, cuts back inside, the defenders know exactly what he's doing. But the difference with Saka is when he cuts back inside, the defenders still can't stop him. He's got the technical ability to play a pass. He's got the technical ability to put it in the net. Like Pepe's just not consistent enough to do it. It's it's frustrating because anyone can see Pepe and see there's something there. There's something there. There's something magical there that if you could harness that consistently, you know you've got a top, top, top quality player. But world class doesn't mean can be world class every now and then. Exactly. World class means you are 10 out of 10 or eight and a half at least out of 10 every game but this is the thing with with pepe for example so you see pepe get the ball right and nine times out of ten he he doesn't really do anything with it he either like trips up himself he runs into the defender or you know the ball goes out of play like he and then that one time in 10 he'll do the spectacular and it, it will come off and then we believe we think oh pepe's you know pepe's going to push on now he's going to do it but it just never seems to materialize like whenever you know saka gets the ball it's complete opposite it's like nine times out of 10 you know saka's going to do something it's the one times out of 10 where he might you know obviously naturally he's not going to have an end product every single chance but you know when saka gets the ball that more than likely it's something's going to happen something i have noticed about pepe as well is that every time after he starts and after the first half, he's only touched the ball 10, 11 times and people will be like, ah, oh, it's not his fault. He's getting no service. But when you account for how much and how often he like the ball turns over because he loses possession, I reckon that there's something in that, in that the teammates don't want to pass to him and they will avoid that sometimes. And so that's kind of a, a an issue of his own making. I mean, obviously we're a very left side dominated team. Yeah. Um, but if I was a teammate, and I know that though you might do something incredible, so I'll pass you in the 85th minute when we're out of ideas, but over a larger amount of times I'm going to pass to you, you're going to lose the ball more often than anyone else on the team and then stifle our attacks. I'm probably going to avoid passing to you. So he just needs it- to get that sorted and get himself more consistent. And, you know, when he played on the left for a couple games or half a I can't remember to be honest he looked much better because he wasn't just leading with that super strong left foot and doing the obvious cutting on the yeah. left every time he was actually trying to play football well to be to be fair like you said about teammates not passing to him and stuff like that but they're probably not because they probably want Saka to come on the pitch or be in that position like it's it's worlds apart like what they do in their products at the moment and I don't want to overrate him because he's a 19 year old but he's he's a little gem like he's He's everything in the right now. If, if Saka were injured, like it, I think our our season suffers hugely. Like, we haven't we haven't got someone in a in the right forward position that can do anything near to what Saka does on a consistent basis. He's just a top quality player, and the growth from last season has been amazing. Like 
at the beginning of last season and when he was first getting games, he was good. But I think he was still not just technically adjusting, but mentally and sort of becoming uh, faithful in his own ability to and like just yeah. sort of being like, I am a Premier League player now. I am this good. Um, and so I think before he was being sort of selfless and passing and making sure that he, the light wasn't focused on him when he was, you know, yeah. make sure he didn't make any mistakes. But I think naturally there's a there's a mentality shift from when you go, right, I hope I, I can get to this level to mm-hmm. I'm a killer at this level. I yep. deserve to be here. He's, and got, you, he's got that spark in his eye. He really he's, does. He's got that steely determination to get on with it now. And I, I hope he does it for England as well, because the first games or at least the first half of the games he's been playing for England, he... Um, you can see he's nervous and I think he's still adjusting mentally yeah. to be like, I deserve to be an international player, as you would, because it's a massive honour and it's the biggest thing you'll ever do, right? So he's he's got there in the Premier League now and he's just a beast now. He's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, they need to play him right forward for England now. I'm, I'm convinced. Right, so, so let me ask you a question. So obviously Pepe's a year and a half roughly into his Arsenal career. So January transfer window coming up or summer, wherever you prefer, would you sell Pepe at this point? And how much do you think we could get from what kind of market is there for Pepe right now? For... Well, I mean, if, if we were to put him up for sale, one, do you think there'll be any takers? No. Two, do you think we'll get any money for him? We're in COVID. No one's spending money. It's January, so everyone hates doing business in January. Yeah, but even to take January out of the equation, let's say summer. Let's say Pepe's still continuing with his sporadic form where it's all over the place and Saka's keeping him out of the team. Like, what, what are you saying in the summer? Like, would you sell him? How much do you think we'll get for him? Well, when we bought Pepe, who was arriving us for that deal? Was anyone actually seriously in for Pepe when we were trying to get him? Well, he's, he was he was a YouTube sensation. He's one of them players where us as typical Arsenal fans, we see we're linked with a player, we go on YouTube, we watch some clips, and we're like, this player's insane. Like, he's the best player he's ever. He's got a fantastic highlights reel. He does. But, I mean, so can a lot of players. It doesn't mean they're world-class players. And I think when you, when you spend £72 million on someone, especially a team like Arsenal, we don't spend £72 million, and, like, often we'll never have it's our record transfer but we don't spend typically we don't spend more than 30 to 40 million like ever so when you spend 72 million on players i know it's in installments but the the total amounts you know roughly 72 million i don't know specifically but i think we got overexcited and and it's not obviously stereotypically his fault because it's 72 million he hasn't asked the club to buy that for him but obviously it puts more pressure on him and he just i don't think he's someone that when your back's against the wall, when the pressure's up, I don't think he's someone that bails you out. I think he's a player like maybe in tonight's game when we're three four 0 up, he'll come on and he'll be he'll be quality. But when we're nil, when we're at nil nil, when we're going through a tough stage, I don't think he's a player you can rely on. He doesn't strike me as a grit your teeth and really push through and be the difference and you know tell your teammates to get it together with two nil down at half time come on what are you doing where are your positions get it yeah. get your head in the game he seems to be someone who needs encouragement there's nothing wrong with that right because um he's one of those sort of magician players that can be genius on his day and you need to you need to encourage that you need to sort of treat them differently well, and uh, you, encourage can tell, their... you can tell by the starting lineups and how pepe has another proper run in the team arteta doesn't rate him he he's obviously seen enough in training and he's thinking yeah, I'll use you for the occasional game. Like, I'll believe in you for an occasional game. But consistently, Arteta doesn't rate him. He went out and bought Willian. Like, Willian on a tra- free transfer. And he started in Pepe's position for, at the start of the season. Obviously, Saka's, that's Saka's position now. And I don't see anyone taking it. But if if Arteta sh- seriously rated Pepe, he wouldn't have bought Willian. And I, that's, 
the less less said about William, the better. Um, you know, I think we both know how we feel about William. He's been a terrible buy. Um, I think when you consider, obviously, Arsenal have had a had a poor season, but there's no excuse when you've got a 19 year old Saka lighting it up, even when we're playing poorly. I think there's no excuse for a 32 year old William who's been there and done it in the Premier League with Chelsea. No, that's why what I saw that interview that Edu did when he was like, these guys need time to adjust, you know, they're coming in. Um, and I'm like, sorry, this person has been in the Premier League for almost a decade. This yeah. person is 32. You don't get time to adjust at 32. The reason we have gone with a short-term a signing is because we are clearly, uh, to some extent, after short-term goals. Otherwise, we'd be playing yep. the kids. So if you come in as a short-termist, we expect short-term results. There's no settling in. There's no a year's grace until your legs are shot and you're 34 and you are about half as fast as you were at Chelsea. This is about getting the results. There is no waiting around for you to hit form. If you come to a club on 100k plus a week and you are into your 30s, this is your last contract, the expectations are there, meet them or be prepared for people to be very discontent with your performance. There's no excuse. You have to get straight into it. There's no, oh, you know what? It's my first season here. You've been in the Premier League. You're on the big wages. This is your last contract. We expect you to perform. I just, the thing, the thing is with him, there's nothing I see that excites me. And I think for me, like commonly, like since, you know, my whole life when I was watch football, wingers and inside forwards are the people that excite me. And I, I watch William and I just think, there's there's nothing that I think he's going to do that excites me. Nothing I think there's going to be much end product. He's a tidy passer. He can, but most of the time it's backwards passes or sideways passes. He's not he's not taking on players. He used to do that a lot more at Chelsea. He's not he's not really shooting. I think he's had about two or three shots since he's been at Arsenal. And he's played a good twelve thirteen games. Like I I'm not sure what's happened to him because I never thought he was a world class player at Chelsea, but he he's he'd still chip in with five five goals five assists a season and that's obviously it's not it's not world class it's nowhere near it but it's still some contributions like it's little contributions but it's some and he hasn't really had many for us so i think he's got two or three assists with us and it, it's it's not it's not good enough no it's been very disappointing but if we just go back to Pepe for a second, yeah. I um, you asked how much is he worth? How much would we pay for him? Would we have to you, sell him? Are you selling him? Are you right no, now? I'm actually are you selling not. him. I'm actually not. not. I'm not. Okay. I'm, Give me the reason why. Because, like I said, you know, when when how does it? Well, let me ask you a question quickly. How does Pepe get back in this team? Because I'm romanticizing the future, and no, but no, no. I mean, realistically, I'm not talking about like romanticizing stuff like that. I'm saying, how does Pepe get in this team? You've got Saka on the left. Uh, sorry, Saka on the right. Bamingham on the left and Lacazette in fine form in the middle. How does how does Pepe get back in this team? Because there's a lot of games. Because of an injury? Is yeah, that, because we need to rest Saka. And then, um, and uh, we'll come on think... to this. We've, we've, yeah. You discussed it before. You think that Saka would play as a 10 well. and um... I wouldn't play him at the moment as a 10. Because obviously how well Smith-Rowe's been playing and Saka's playing. I think potentially if we got... If obviously if, our, if we get a better squad and we get more signings in the future, I think Saka's by far the best passer on our team. His weight of pass and his vision is incredible. And I'm not trying to overrate him because he's 19, but I just he doesn't do poor passes very often at all. So, Pepe, I would not sell him. No. I think 
I'm romanticising the future in the hope that he can somehow kick on and get it and then start just smashing so, in the goals and assists. But I am aware that this is unlikely and I am just being... So when, when, when would you sell him? That's what I'm asking. So say, if, say it gets to the summer and he's still inconsistent, hasn't, hasn't produced anywhere near what a £72 million player should, would you sell him in the summer? He's also stifling Reese Nelson's minutes, which is frustrating because I literally well, Reece like Nelson's been nowhere near the team at all. He's been, like he hasn't. He's, I don't think he's been in the squad for like the last five. He's been injured. He's been games. injured. No, he's in training. Like he's he. I just don't think Arteta rates Nelson at all. I think he's got enough young wingers that he doesn't. He. I think Reese Nelson's going to go out on loan because I think you've got Martinelli, you've got Saka, you've got Smith Rowe. Like these are young players, and you can't play the kids all the time so i i just don't think nelson's gonna get in i i think he's i don't i think he's already played his last game for arsenal this season i hope he can get it together and get a good run of games pepe i don't think anyone's in for him i don't think that um anyone i think i think he could definitely definitely go back to france at some point or germany i think when you take into account depends which which way psg want to go but you know, Di Maria is getting on a bit now. There's potential for Pepe potentially to go to PSG, but PSG are a better team than us, so while they take him, could be a squad player there. But you know, there's teams like Leon, um, Lille. He could go back to Lille. Do you know what I mean, I think yeah, but none of them have got any money. Yeah, but I think there's an option for him to go back to the French league. I think potentially. Would you do a deal for uh, Hassan? How much or? would you take from him? <laughs> so, so yeah, hopefully that would be amazing. That's the exact player we need. But how much like? Do you think Pepe's worth right now? Next to nothing because of his wages. You couldn't get people to take him off you because he's not worth 140 k a week that he's being paid, especially in a COVID market where no one's got any money. You. But when you when you take into a, a fa- into account, sorry, how good he was in France, you don't think that French teams would take a punt on him? They don't have the money to I, pay I, those I wages. Like... Or <laughs> any cash to pay... For a transfer fee, PSG. That's it. Monaco yeah, I, maybe on a loan. But it's. I know obviously COVID's dramatically affected the transfer market and stuff like that. But it's not like teams aren't ever going to sign players again. Like they Especially are. Especially in France, it's and they had gonna, no money in the be, first place. It's not going to be near fifty million. But at at this moment, like twenty five, thirty million, it might be worth taking for Pepe. They're not going to pay that, and we wouldn't could, sell for could. that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out completely. He's on two higher wages. The people that would be interested in him aren't willing to pay what we'd expect for him. There's no way he goes. It's just a sticky situation because okay. if you're right and Arteta doesn't rate him, we don't know what to do. We've got an yeah. asset that we can't do anything with. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on this point then. Anyway, <laughs> going into going into the uh, so the four 0 goal. Yeah, yeah. So Lacazette gets his second goal of the game. Um, Tierney again running down the wing, dominating the left side of the pitch and crossing into Lacazette. I think it was a bit of a weird finish because it. Came off his knee, went quite high up into the net. But again, right, right place, right time. But I'm just, especially with that goal, like I don't know what the West Brom defenders are doing. They they didn't seem anywhere close to a Sam Allardyce team. And I know they've just been beaten 5-0 by Leeds, so confidence is down. But Sam Allardyce's team, like you saw at Anfield when they got the 1-1 draw, they're typically very good defensively. And it's a hard... I'm, in, I'm stuck between two posts at this point because... I'm I'm willing to believe that Arsenal are getting better attacking wise, but then also Leeds score five against them. It it's it's like the simple case of when we beat Fulham three 0 Like, was it the opposition making us look good, or are we actually genuinely getting better? 
I'm not. I'm not sure. Do you want to hear a conspiracy theory? Go on. So, Kieran Gibbs, Arsenal yep. legend, to some, thirty-one yep. years old now, <laughs> ten caps for England. Lovely little player on his day for for Arsenal. Doesn't play much for them anymore, but plays for West Brom. Was on the bench. Yeah. Starter, a J. Didn't ever make a senior appearance for Arsenal, but made the bench four times in 2015. But uh, Arsene Wenger said, you know, I understand that you want to go. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Research this. Kyle Bartley, sort of journeyman Premier League player. Not as in he's had a load of clubs, but he's, he's been in the Premier League with Swansea, but never really played 10 games a season. Yep. Never really played for Arsenal. Got subbed on today for West Brom. They've all clearly got Arsenal red blood running through their veins. <laughs> they all clearly wish they were at the best club in North London's history. Yeah. And um, I reckon they've um, let us win because they love us. And they've forfeited the game. And they've just they've given us a little wink at the end of the game and gone. There you go, so, boys. <laughs> I'm expecting um, a little nice. a, a new contract at Arsenal as a coach when I retire. And um, <laughs> cheers, boys. I hope you enjoy it. We're going down anyway, so I thought we'd throw a hail mary. I think, but the the problem with that is Aubameyang still didn't score. Like at this at this stage, are you are you worried about Aubameyang and his form? I wish he'd got that glancing touch in the worst the worst thing at the moment though is the fact that Aubameyang's form the last couple of seasons he's been by far our best player like the two previous seasons obviously I'm talking about um he seems to have signed a big money contract and it's gone downhill rapidly and that's concerning especially when you look at his age I think he's 31 maybe close to 32 he's 32 in May yeah, so I'm a bit concerned at the moment. Are you Do alluding think... to a, a certain German cam who got a big contract and fell yeah, off? I'm worried. We won't speak of him or his name, but no, yeah. Are yet. you are you are you alluding to something? <laughs> I think the problem I've what I've got right, and I've said to you this before about Arteta is we haven't we're not typically we're not very good going forward with Arteta. I think obviously the Fulham and the West Brom game are exceptions um so it's hard to place too much emphasis on that but a bangham tonight had three to four chances to score he scores at least one maybe two maybe even three last season um i they're not apart from maybe the Saka one where he shoots cross goal and bangham just got to tap it in and he's on this stretch i don't think there's a there's a really key key chances for him i think they're they're very much like half chances. Um, a striker on form scores them. Yeah, but I I'm very worried. I I don't know the specific stats, but I think he's only got about five goals this season in all competitions. Um, out of nearly nearly twenty games, I think it might be sixteen, seventeen games. That's a return of about one in three, one in four. That's kind of Danny Welbeck, Shamak kind of stats there. Um, for this season, of course, the sample size is only. 20 or so games um but i'm worried because i think in the summer everyone was thinking yeah let's let, let lacazette go maybe i'll see a few links with juventus and thinking 25 30 million stuff like that um i think next summer if it continues this way people are going to want a bamian gone um 
a 32-year-old of 300 grand a week? Yeah, well, it, it depends what he wants. If he wants to stay on the money, that's fair enough. But I think with Bang Yang, obviously, the, you know, he's not going to want more money. He wants more money for what he was worth at the stage of last season. But you, you're not going to want to give that up very easily. But the only thing in a Bang Yang's favour is he has done it for the last decade or so. He has been a very, very good striker for the last decade or so. That maybe there would be quite a few maybe Champions League slash Europa teams that would take a go on him. But at this point, I think the sample size is a little bit too small to completely rule him out. But I think if you if we're in the same position by the summertime, I don't know. Because the thing that, because we have signed him to a, a contract, we would get a little bit more money for him because obviously he's not going to go on a free. But it's concerning. I don't I know how. I have faith. I have faith. And I I'll fi- tell you why I have faith. Yeah. Because I hope that he isn't captain for long. Because I also think that if he's not captain for long and if he lets someone else take over the role like Kieran Tierney yeah. or Hector Bellerin, I think that that will be a mental weight lifted on off of him. And I believe that, especially when we're so off form, he shirked yeah. his responsibility because he was pushing Joe Willock and other people that shouldn't have been doing the post-match interviews into doing these interviews instead of taking accountability as captain. So I don't think he's a good captain, but I think he's the best player on our team on his day. And hopefully... If he's no longer captain and he can just sort of focus on himself rather than trying to be the team's glue guy that puts it all together. And I don't think that's him. He's not the guy that grits his teeth and shouts at everyone. He's not a Xhaka. He's not a Tierney. And um, with less responsibility, I hope, would allow him to get his individual brilliance back. I don't think he's just regressed and deteriorated physically. Um, I was reading something, and of course this could be faked. Um, They could just be lying to us, but about Arsenal's... Uh, physical things about when he was signing his contract saying that he was a sort of physical freak and they weren't seeing any regression despite what you'd expect in 31 years old so I doubt that you just turn 50 at 32 and I think that it's it's mental rather than physical he you can tell he's low on confidence because he was so frustrated when he missed that glancing missed shot he's just not making runs though I think if you look back to the most of the goals he scored last season they have come from the left side of forward position and he's cutting across the centre-backs and getting in behind. I can't remember a time where Aubameyang's got clean through on goal. I That's really a confidence can't. thing, though. I believe no, that if I he mean, gets that touch goal, he goes straight back to the old Aubameyang. They, he scored that goal, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think it was against Southampton we scored to make it 1-1. And he scored that goal where I don't think he was quite clean through, but the I think Enketia touched it through to him. Um, and there was a defender with him, but I think he, he nestles it into the bottom corner. But I remember thinking, right, he's got that goal. He's been on a bit of a bit of a drought. He's going to kick on from this. Yeah, and I hasn't. actually forgot that. I'll be honest. I take it yeah. back some of it and because he, he, he has hasn't. done that and he didn't kick on. But that's the thing. I think if you put a Bowingang in them positions, he will score goals. But I think he just he's not getting into them positions. Like I mean, like today for example, he. That he had quite a few chances. Not, I wouldn't say a lot of them again weren't key chances, but I think he does score a couple of them last season. And I agree with you. I don't think he's physically regressed so much since you know our FA Cup final heroics and everything that he did. I don't think he's regressed that much, but it's it's concerning because, like you said, he's not a player that when the going gets tough, that he's one that I think can turn it around much. And that I think that's. I think that he's going to... I know it's you know it's typical to say, but I think he's going to get worse. Like The more he's out of form, the worse he's going to get. He's a head-down player. Like He's not a you know push-your-chin-up, stick-your-chest-out kind of player 
like you were referring earlier, like a Xhaka, you're just going to shout at the team, keep going, keep going. Um, and I'm worried. I am. I feel sorry for him for being so world-class before because the expectations on his shoulders are so yep. big. He bailed us out for two years. Literally, he could just take the three-year contract, sit on the bench, and I wouldn't even be that mad because you know what? He's done so much think, when everyone else was... But that's that's not a Bamiyan because, like, today... Um, I, I mentioned it earlier, obviously, the Tierney misplaced pass and him getting really annoyed. I think that's obviously to do with him being a, out of form, but he does he does care about scoring goals. Do you know what I mean he's, you know he? I think he does care about the club, but he, he want he's he's happy when he scores. Of course, like most most strikers are, but I think like he is a, he is an emotional striker. Like if things aren't going well, he, he's 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 not. I think Lacazette's got more more mental fortitude than Aubameyang personally. And I'm not saying I'm not saying I think Lacazette's a better player, but I think Lacazette can switch it off better than Aubameyang can. It's just that he has been so fantastic that we do hold him to higher standards. And so when he doesn't hit the heights, is relatively more distressing. Someone like Nketiah, who yeah. has never... Though impressive for the England under-21s and, and Arsenal under-23s, yeah, has stuff, never, yeah. you know, made me think this guy can lead the Lions for 10 years at Arsenal. When Aubameyang plays to the level of Nketiah, it's much more distressing because we know just how world-class he can be. And that's his fault for being so fantastic that we hold those raised expectations. So we do... It is, I'm sure, stressful knowing that with a club like Arsenal that you are considered the main man at, that it is on you to make something happen. But um, that comes with the salary, you know... And um, being the captain and being considered a world-class player, I will also say in his credit, when he didn't leave and when he signed the contract, it seemed yep. as though it wasn't a money thing. It was, uh, are you going to challenge for trophies? Because I'm a legacy guy. I want a legacy. I want trophies. I want to be the mm-hmm. have the best career I can have. Um, and he decided to stay. So he obviously, I believe, felt that we could push on and do that. I'm sure he was promised recruitment and things. Um, yep. And so I believe that he is not just a person that wants to maximise his earnings or anything mercenary. I believe he loves the club. I think that he was wooed by our promises of whatever he said that we're going to win. I think as well. um, So obviously, towards the end of Emery, I don't think he was you know, massively supportive of Emery. I don't think a lot of the players were. I think Arteta's come in. um, Our league form wasn't amazing with Arteta, but obviously it is a bit of a project, Arsenal, um, the way our team is at the moment. But I think the FA Cup run, beating, you know, your Man City in the semi-final, beating Chelsea in the final, playing the Community Shield, you know, beating Liverpool, you know, it's on penalties, not quite a proper win, but you know, you take it, you take it. In a no, cup they were final. all fantastic games. But yeah, and we've played, and we've played well. I think, I think as Arsenal fans, like everyone has, I think we've been, you know, we we wanted to believe on our ex-captain, our ex-player, is going to be an amazing manager, and I think the harsh reality of was that we did get too excited over Arteta. Like, he was... Obviously, he came in as a head coach. We won the FA Cup. They promoted him to manager. Not that I don't... I don't really get the difference. Uh, it's just one of them football terms. But... So, I think he was wooed a bit as well by Arteta, like, how well Arteta was doing. I'm glad that he bought in, because if he hadn't bought into the culture, then we'd have had to sell Aubameyang for almost nothing, because he had a year left, and he's 31. And that has... I've, I think that has a lot of negative um, side effects as well because if a Bang Yang doesn't 
doesn't obviously sign a new contract and we sell him in the summer or he goes for free next summer. I think if you have the whole season, people be like, oh, is, is Aubameyang staying or is he going again? Or, oh, we've just lost our best player. We're going backwards again. It's Van Persie all over again. There's no chance that he stays and leaves on the free. We sell him with a year left every time, but there's always interest. Yeah. And we well, you know, it's happen. typical Arsenal. We would, of course. But then you know we we did it with we did it with Ramsey recently. I know they're obviously Aubameyang's a better player than Ramsey, but you know we did do it with Ramsey. We thought you know we'll give you your final year. We're not selling you. We want to keep you in the team for a year. So you, you, who knows what would have happened? Speaking um. Sticking on the same topics with like Arsenal strikers, obviously Balogun's not in the team, not on the bench again. Um, Rumours of him wanting to go. How are you feeling about that situation at the moment? So from my prowling through the newspaper stories, not actual newspapers, it's 2021, mate, come on, it's online now. But I believe what I've been reading is we want to sign into a new contract as we should if we were sane and mentally healthy seems like a great yeah. prospect um but we are substantially different on agreement uh it doesn't say whether that is financially whether that is uh promising game time but apparently we're uh, a decent ways away from agreeing that and sewing that one up which i want to get to some very frustrating points i have on this so it's past january the first it is now 11 p.m on the second so he's free to talk to anyone he wants outside yep. of uh, england and apparently stuttgart are interested as are apparently liverpool i'm sure that one's planted by his agent no offense balogun i don't think liverpool want him, yeah. i um they don't want bruce so they don't want Balogun. yeah exactly um but what i want to talk about and then i will ask you the would you keep balogun what are you yeah, willing yeah, to pay him question afterwards but i just want to say first and this is a a big rant I'm going to have uh, Arsenal's board of directors or whoever handles this is because we know for a fact that a £5 million plus bid came in from Brentford in January 2020 for Balogun. At yeah. that point, Balogun had 18 months left and I'm sure if he'd spoken to the boy, you would have found out that he wasn't sure what he wanted to do because he's clearly got his head screwed on. He's not one of, uh, yeah. you know, you say loyalty's dead in football and he's obviously a youth player that's come through. He's a, He seems like a savvy businessman. He understands what his worth is. Yeah. He's ambitious. He's less just sort of Arsenal through and through and more, you know, I'm doing what I need to do and I completely understand that. Otherwise, he'd have signed the deal, you know what I mean? So if you'd spoken to the kid, you know what he's, his thoughts and feelings are. You've got a £5 million bid. If he says, I need, I, I'm going, I'm not signing a new contract or... If he isn't, and you reject that bid, you either accept that bid and let him go, or you try and haggle it up, whatever. You get the right amount for him, or you say, right, if you're, we're not accepting this, you are signing a new contract this week. That is the only way to go about it. Because now, again and again, we've been left with good players who are have either going to leave for free, or they've got complete leverage over us because they know that they can... Yep get paid more because it's not like they've got two years left they've got six months and Stuttgart are ringing I'm sure a bunch of other clubs in Germany are ringing his uh, his yeah. agent's phone and now we're either going to have to pay a lot more than whatever Balogun's worth based on potential and some mm -hmm. great admittedly great performances and I'm a big fan of the kid I think he's got the killer's instinct that a striker needs to have and he's mm -hmm. full of confidence and he plays like he belongs there and I love that but Someone in Balogun's position who's sort of graduating into sub-appearances would usually be on something like 10, 15, 20k maximum a week. Mm -hmm. That's what I presume people like Smith are on. Now, you never know, really. It's always a bit of a blur, isn't it? I'm sure his agents are going to say, all right, we want 45k a week now. 
and he won't be able to get there anywhere else but because we've seen that potential because he he seemed fantastic when he's come on he's got that instinct he makes yeah. the good runs he's been physically very good as well um he's in such a strong powerful leverage position where he'll either go for free if he's not going to get the game time and money he wants um or we pay him a big contract with the expectations that will integrate him straight in yeah. and um that's really frustrating. So what I would ask you first is, would you keep Balogun or would you sell him? Two, how much are you willing to pay him per week to get him to stay? Yeah. And three, do you think he's better than Eddie and Ketia? Right. I'll go, I won't go through this in any order because I'll just get confused. Just go for it. Just go. So, big problem with Balogun is at the moment he's behind behind Enketia in you know in a role. So he's probably at the moment our fifth choice striker if you had to weigh it up so you've obviously got Aubameyang, Lacazette, Nketiah, Martinelli and then Balogun's probably fifth for a centre forward position um, You, he's not going to get much game time, he'll get the odd Europa Europa League, maybe he'll start in the FA Cup but he's not going to get enough game time, you've got to consider whether you keep Nketiah or Balogun, you can't have both because they're not, it's not good for any of their futures. Um, regarding the money thing, um, it's difficult again because he needs to get more game time to prove his worth. So if he's saying he wants 30, 40 grand and we're not willing to give him that, he can't prove that he's worth it because the club or Arteta are not giving him enough minutes to prove he's worth it. So you're, you're in a sticky situation where obviously they're not giving him enough minutes and he w wants more than he's worth, so it's never going to work out. Um, also I think because he's a young guy and he's 19 he hasn't had a big contract yet you've got to consider also that he's going to want money for his future like football careers can be short he might have a you know he might tour his, a tour his ACL next week um, and you know never be the same player like he's going to want to get enough money that he can support for his future his career and his family I don't think obviously he's quite got he's, he's probably barely on 5 grand 10 grand a week now I don't know what his the wage, the wages he's on, but that I think that's one thing you overlook when, especially when you're a young player, because you're if you're on a Bamiang, for example, and you're in contract talks, like you're already a millionaire. He's Bamiang is probably already worth ten, fifteen, twenty million. He's not as worried. He just wants to be paid what he's worth, but he's not worried about his his future or anything like that because that's secure. Whereas Balogun's at the start of his career, like he needs to make sure that he, you know, that he can cope. Um, and it it depends who who you rate out of Enketia and Balogun. I think I've seen quite a lot of Enketia, probably not quite enough to know whether he is good enough for Arsenal. But on the sample sides that we've had, um, he's not my favourite striker. Obviously, his England under twenty ones records incredible, um, but the Premier League's different. And you know, he's he's done all right in the Europa League as well and stuff like that. But it's it's the Premiership and the games he started in the Premiership, he hasn't he hasn't in inspired any confidence in me that he could be. I know, obviously, Nketiah is probably only 19 or 20, similar age. 21. 21, then. Um, he's young enough, but Nketiah is at a crossroads where he's going to be in a similar situation to Balogun scene. If he's not played more, and Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Martinelli are getting minutes over him, he's going to want to go somewhere else. He's either going to go out on loan again, um, or he's going to get his, his money move. Um, and then we've got the same problem with Balogun, because obviously we've got these strikers in front of them. Balogun only gets, 
you know, I think Europa League games or Carabao Cup games and stuff like that. And he he can, you know, he can put in a few goals. And But we haven't seen him in the Premier League. So, again, you can get excited about Balogun. But at this point, the club, obviously, they're going to be closely speaking to Arteta because the club can't offer him what he wants because Arteta's not playing him. So it's just a difficult situation. Um, if I'm Balogun, I want to... If, if I do sign a contract, I either want to be assured that I get a minimum amount of games or I want to be assured that I'm sent out on loan to prove what I can do and preferably send him out on loan in the Premier League so we can see how he cuts it. But it's 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 difficult as well because when you take into account like young strikers, if they come through up for their academy like you know, like Rashford has where he's scored goals for Man United at a big team. You're going to get more service at a big team. You're going to be a bigger name at a big team. So if you go to, like, like let's say Ryan Brewster, for example, where he's gone to Sheffield United, I don't think he scored a goal for them this season. They're bottom of the league. Like, his stock has dropped. Like, two years ago, if you if you asked a Liverpool fan where Ryan Brewster is going to be in, in two years, they're gonna, they'd probably be like, squad player for Liverpool getting 10, 15, 20 goals a season for them. You know, maybe even starting over Firmino, some of them might have said. Six you know months I mean? ago, they'd have said that. He scored but, seven or eight goals in the championship in half a season. But that's that's what I mean. So, Balogun's obviously, and Nketiah, both of them, they've got to be careful where they go because it make their next move, providing they don't stay at Arsenal, it's going to make or break their career. Like, you even look at Nketiah when he went alone to Leeds. I think it was last season. He barely played. That's Bielsa's like, fault, though. Yeah, but is it Bielsa's fault or is Bielsa fought Bamford's better? Bamford's a better young striker than Nketiah. I'm not wasting my time. And it's a results business. And strikers have got to perform. Young strikers... Obviously, there's... Don't get me wrong. Nketiah might become a brilliant striker in five years and be the talk of the town. And the same with Balogun. But young strikers on form is very rare. It doesn't happen very often they're they're normally really inconsistent so it's difficult because you're not going to play them over Lacazette and Aubameyang at the moment unless they well Aubameyang's probably already done it but unless they completely drop off in form and then it's still the manager's decision to make I don't so I think in my opinion on Nketiah I think he's a lovely guy he comes across as the right sort of culture personality wise that Arteta likes um yeah and I think he does he does love the club and he does want to play for the club and mm-hmm. you know, you never have you'll never get a contract dispute with Nketiah like you were with Balogun because I think I Nketiah so, understands his role in the team and isn't looking to sort but of push through anything extra. Whereas I think Balogun is more business savvy and wants what he's worth and is more ambitious. I don't see anything in Nketiah that suggests this guy is going to be a 30-goal-a-season striker that can create things from nothing. He needs service. He needs to be in the six-yard box, and he's not really a hold-up player striker. I think from what I've seen of Balogun, and I don't want to be that reactionary person who sees the new shiny little machine that goes, you know, I'm upgrading on my iPhone 10. I want the iPhone 11. It's We haven't seen enough to be like, this is Balogun. He's the future of Arsenal Football Club. But... I've just not seen enough from Nketiah over 18 months. And I'm not sure if it's a mindset thing, because yeah, like I sure. say, when you see the highlights of the England under 21 games, he looks like he belongs there. I think he captains the side. He's, you know, you can just, he just acts different. He makes things happen. He's the playmaker, striker, finisher, everything. He's everywhere. He's killing it. And so I'm not sure if it's like a, a an overawed thing from being in the Premier League and thinking, right, this is, mm-hmm. this is really big. I'm not sure I belong here. But he's not 
taking control. He's not killing the game. And we've only seen Balogun in the Europa League and the Carabao Cup. But in the Europa League, he's just come into Arsenal and he acts like he runs it. He he acts like he, he belongs there. And you need that mental sort of arrogance in a way. And I see more flashes from Balogun that make me think I'm excited about this kid than I have done from Nketiah over a season now. It's it's difficult with obviously Nketiah. We won't go into Balogun quite as much because he's not quite at the stage of Nketiah at the moment, but... For every Nketiah, you've got a dominant Calvert-Lewin. And if you look at Calvert-Lewin's starts the season with Everton, like he's scored so many goals, like no one would have expected. So there's, there is potential for, you know, even a Balogun for, to, to do that, but obviously he's not getting the minutes. There's there's potential for Nketiah to do that because his record under 21s is so good. And I think that's what kind of doesn't work against him sometimes. Sometimes it's a disservice because you think, you do so well for England under twenty ones, but when you're in an Arsenal shop, you just haven't got it. But he, do you know what I mean? Like he could next season, he could turn into a dominant Calvert Lewin. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying he will, and and I don't have high hopes that he will. But if you've got a Bamiyang still a form, and you know if if we're you know if the COVID's going on and all that sort of stuff, and we're cash strapped and stuff like that, and we've got to play in Kerry a bit more, who's to say he can't do a dominant Calvert Lewin with his stats? I don't think he will. I think I don't. Um... I don't think he will. But who's? But no one. No. No. And even me and you, no Everton fan would have thought Dominic Calvert Lewin would have turned it around like he did. Like before this season, Dominic Calvert Lewin wasn't like no Everton fan thought he'd be their starting number nine for them. Like, didn't he no, get 14, 15 goals in the Premier League last season? I don't think it was. I don't think he did last season. I think he's done well since Ancelotti because Ancelotti obviously came through. I think midway or towards the end of last season. I think he's done well for Ancelotti, but I don't think. I think this season's his kind of standout season so far. He was highly rated going into the season already. He had a very good end of last season. Um, I, but I think even with him, before months, before it was all clicking with Calvert Lewin, he was already yeah. good in the air and he was already imposing. And Ketty's five foot nine. He's not six five and fantastic in the air. And so you're restricted to sort of ball on the ground, off yeah. the ball movement, which he does well. But he hasn't done it well enough that we're seeing 10, 15 goals go in. He's not made the super sub impact that we'd like a super sub in the Premier League to make. And as much as I love the youth players coming through and I really yeah. hope that he makes it and I really like Eddie and Ketia, I would like He's to like personally, if we have to do one or the other, I would like to see Balogun play more and um, get the contract signed and start integrating him more. Because if you have to be a ruthless businessman, if Nketiah yeah. is worth £25 million and that asset is only going to decrease over time, I, don't think, he's worth I think you million. liquidate that asset. I think Nketiah is worth nowhere near £25 million at the moment. I to think us? Like, no, I think you'd, to other you're, clubs you're lucky to get him... I think you're lucky to get 10, 15 million for Nketiah. Bruce still went for 23. Yeah, but look how that's worked out. I think a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs look at stuff like that as well. And they think, and they think, look what look what's happened to Sheffield United, like with Brewster. Like I think that has an add-on effect to other clubs when they want to buy these young players. So, so let me ask you. So I think we probably do both agree that I would I would as well let Enketia go. Would you agree with that? If Balogun's going to sign a contract... Yeah, yeah, obviously. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, as in, if we keep Balogun... We also need if... to remember that we've got Ty- Tyrese John-Jules on loan in League One. Um, similar age, as of the beginning of the season, was more highly rated, apparently, within Arsenal system than Balogun. Um, 
hasn't lit up League One, but he's nineteen. Do you think? Do you think that Enketia needs to go on a on a six month loan until the summer? He's already had a six month loan. Yeah, but do you think he needs another one in the Premier League, not the Championship? But do you think like because because he's not getting game minutes, Martinelli's back? Like that's even I would much rather see Martinelli. Oh, hundred percent. No, that's what I mean. Uh, Martinelli, I don't want him going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but I mean, I think Inketia needs a loan, a six-month loan, because he's not getting any minutes for Arsenal. He might start one or two more games in the season, but we're not going to see enough of him to know. And I think but the problem with Balog- signing Balogun is he, he'll also need to go on loan. He'll need to go somewhere because he's not starting. If Balogun he's... was willing to go on loan, he'd have signed a new contract by now. Yeah. But then maybe you have to take the risk of giving Balogun a little bit more money, what he wants. If you're Balogun, though... saying you can go out on loan. If you're Balogun and you see Eddie Nketiah is going on a six-month loan, I still don't think I'm signing the contract because you know Eddie Nketiah is coming back in six months' time. I think, yeah, I think it would be very shrewd business if if we do sell either of them to get a buyback clause, if we can. Because there's a lot of teams that would do it. We should have done that the... in January 2020 when Brentford yeah, beat. I know, I know, 100%. Um, I agree, but you know it's Arsenal Football Club doing transfers. It's uh, it's never never ideal, is it? All we've done is raise a kid's market value just to let him go for free. When we could have done, we could have you know played John Jules in that and see how he'd have kicked on. We could have played uh, Moller and see how that'd have gone. Any of these young under twenty three strikers that look promising. What we've done is we've shown how good this kid is to the world, and then just been like, anyone want him for free? He's going. He's going for free. And if I'm Balogun, I'm not signing the contract. I hate to say it. Yeah. As an Arsenal man through and through, I oh, love this I club. He's going to go. I wouldn't sign the contract either. Arsenal. Why would you when you're I behind Enkessia? I hope he would. I, I hope he would, but it, it doesn't make any logical sense for him too. He believes he's better than Enkessia. Enkessia yeah. hasn't lit up the league. If I'm Balogun, I'm going, how many more chances does Enkessia yeah, but... need before I get my go? Why am I not being trusted? I'm going. Yeah, but then is it is it Balogun overrating himself? Like he has, I don't think he's played a game in the Premier League. No, and he, you can see he's got the confidence that borders on arrogance. You definitely do have a, uh, in that position, you do sometimes have that elevated self-perception. Everyone thinks they're the best player in the world, oh, right? Oh, Michael Owen, when he was younger, he, he thought he was the best player in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like he, when he was 18, 19, he was running rings around people. Like It was the confidence that did it. It wasn't just his... To be fair, he did win a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, but not when he was like 19. I think you know, it was in his 20s and stuff like that, but... But do you know what I mean? Like he had the mindset of "I'm the best player on this pitch. I'm going to mug you up." And I love that. Yeah, and then that's what I'm saying. That's what some you know most strikers need. You know, there's very rarely that strikers don't aren't arrogant and aren't selfish. Like, but it is what it is. We have to obviously see how that plays out. So, so if you're Balogun, what are you what are you doing? And if you're Arsenal, how much are you willing to pay him? I'm going, but I think Arsenal should do all they can to keep him attached to the club in some way. So, either do a buyback clause or sign him on a contract and say, right, we're going to send you out on loan for a year. If you perform, you will be part of the squad and an active part of the squad. I think they're the only two choices you've got because I don't think you can satisfy him otherwise. So, that, that, that's, that's, that's how I feel on it. That's not, it's just an unfortunate one. Yeah. Um, moving on, Kalasinac has gone on loan to Schalke where he came to us from on a free transfer. Yep. Apparently they're paying his wages, which are uh, allegedly 125 grand a week, but we got him on a free wow. transfer, so you know, you yeah, amortise yeah, that over the contract. Higher, yeah. um, but when he comes back, he'll have 12 months left, 
So yeah. it's the sort of make or break time where you either get a little bit of money or nothing because he goes. He's mm-hmm. been a very, very, very sporadically used player. Yeah. He And I think when he's played, he's been at centre-back, like the left-sided centre-back rather than um, as a sort of left winger bombing down the left flank like we did under Emery. Well, under Arteta, yeah, it's been a lot like that. So what do you think about Kolasinac? What do you think the future holds? What's your opinion by sell? I think I think the problem you've got is a lot with a lot of the Kolasinac players, Mustafis, all of them Ozil sort of players, is you're not... No one's bidding for them. They're, they're going out on loan and they're saving us a couple of million. He's not, the thing is with the clash now, he's, he's not going anywhere near the first team. Apart from like two, three freak injuries in the same position, he's not getting anywhere near the first team. Um, the smart thing is you're getting a couple of million in wages paid by Schalke, I'm pretty sure. Um, and also you're, you're getting, potentially if Schalke are happy, they might bid three or four five million at the most to get him so there's it, it makes sense for Arsenal because he's not going to get in the team you're going to get a little bit of money from him from obviously his wage then paying his wages and potentially um then wanting to keep him at Schalke come the end of the season if he performs quite well for them and obviously you've got the the added boost of him already playing for them so he's already quite close with the club so they are the more likely like club to actually want to buy him at the end of his loan um, but at this point, we've got to, we've got to see how it goes. Um, we need to trim up our squad a lot, and I think there's gonna there's a lot of players obviously leaving for free come this summer. So it's going to be a healthy healthy trim of the squad. We're going to save a lot of money and wages that hopefully we can use for for transfers. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of deadwood at Arsenal, and I'm happy that he's gone for now. And I think obviously, and one one big thing I'd say about Klasnach is he worked hard and. He's not the best technically gifted player and he's not he's definitely not the best player in the world, but he gave a hundred percent for Arsenal. And also I think we've got to big up the fact that he protected Meza Ozil that time. I was gonna say he goes down as a legend so for that clip. I think hand in hand, like he is a player that I wish the best and he gave everything for the club. Um it's sad that it didn't work out the way we wanted to, but I think I've got the utmost respect for Sid Kalashinach. Yeah, I hate it when you see fans like going, oh, good riddance, good riddance. I mean, you can be like, yeah, it didn't work out. But you can never be like, I hate you. Because There's one person that's not saying that, it's Ozil, trust me. We won't speak on, on, on the big O. I just want to say that it frustrates me when people are like, ah, oh, get out of our club. Da-da-da-da. When, as far as we know, and as far as I could see... People like Kalasinac always put 100% in on the pitch. He threw up once 100%. on the side of the pitch because he went on such a mental yeah. run. Um, he put it all on the line. It didn't work out. I but I hate it. <laughs> I we'll give him credit. We'll just say he ran yeah, his yeah, lungs yeah. off. He, he we'll went, give him he, the benefit of the doubt. He went through that wall. He pushed through that wall. We'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend. And so I don't like departing and being like, oh, this guy's left. I hate him now. He doesn't play for us anymore. I wish him all the best. Credit to him for going to Schalke, who are bottom of the league. Um, because that's yep. a challenge in itself. He's not gone after glory. He's not. Oh, they bought him. But they haven't won with... in like twenty-eight games. I haven't been twenty-eight. I haven't been keeping up to the Bundesliga. They oh, are. Because I think it was the old, um, the old Huddersfield Town manager was there, weren't he? That Wagner, they've cycled through like, like four managers already. Yeah, since. I, I think I remember seeing about that. Oh, he got sacked a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's crazy. So he's gone to the bottom of the Bundesliga. We'll see what he can do. Uh, so I wish you all the best, Kalasinac. He might be the man, yeah, 100%. Um, if it doesn't work out, then... Sorry, mate, we'll see you in the second Bundesliga league next season because <laughs> uh, I don't think you're coming back to Arsenal under yeah. Arteta. But I wish you the best. Um, we're very happy with Tierney and For sure. we'll have to proceed with Tierney down the left flank. Well, the thing is, if, if Kalasinac plates better, we might not sign Tierney. And I'm not saying because Kalasnac probably won't. Four <laughs> D chess, right there. <laughs> yeah, but Kalasnac might not ever get to the level of Tierney. But if he did well enough, we don't sign Tierney. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? So it is one of them uh, relief things, obviously. Um, just going to ask you as well. Obviously, we've gone up to eleventh in the table after today's game. Yep. Um, top of the second half of the table. Yeah. Top of the, the way, league. You can't sing that. The way it goes is, you know, obviously we've got a game in hand over a lot of the other teams. Obviously playing today and. We are, as it stands, we're currently 10 points off top, which is ridiculous because, you know, if Liverpool having the season they had last season, we'd probably be about 25 points off top. But, you know, it's inconsistent. It's a COVID season. Things are going to happen. How are you feeling about Arsenal being 11th? How are you feeling about Arteta? Are you Arteta in? Are you Arteta out? What's the faith like? As big fans of any club right when they're doing poorly it affects your mental health in that like you love looking forward to the weekends and watching <laughs> the mean. games and it's just like oh it doesn't feel the same when you know you're just going to watch terrible football especially like we were playing under our test like a few months ago it's like oh, oh come well, on a few weeks ago and then you still tune in every week because you hope you've got that fantasy of it you just turning better, around yeah. and it never is and it's just <laughs> it's self-harming and it's just Recently, it's been so lovely to see these few games be different. I really give Smith Rowe a lot of credit for that because he sort of gelled in the number 10 position and we're playing lovely, uh, lovelier football. We're playing better football. It wasn't fantastic against Brighton, but it, it was good against Chelsea and it was good against West Brom today. Yeah. So I we had this argument off camera before yeah. because I'm Arteta in and you're Arteta out. As someone who, you know, I'm in business and I know what I know about management. He yeah. says all the right things. He's about culture and creating a unified team. And good teams outperform better people when they gel together. And he said all the right things. And beyond that, they all seem to buy into it, all the people that we want. He talks about getting the, the wrong people out and the right people with the right cultures in. I believe that he believes that Ozil, Kolasinac and Mustafi are the wrong culture amongst other people. Maybe Pepe, we don't know. Um, but the people that we care about that are the big players like Aubameyang, uh, like Bellerin, have all bought into the culture, like holding. And so without any anything that he said that I don't agree with culturally and sort of humble-wise and playing um, yeah. to the best of our abilities, he says everything right. Unfortunately, after doing everything right, we did everything wrong on the pitch. So it yeah. was a sort of, I'm not Arteta out because I don't see a player mutiny. They seem to just want to do better. You can get weird streaks. But then he started talking about, oh, look at this. We had the XG and I was like, oh, this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. But we seem to have found some sort of purple patch here. And I'm so relieved because you could see he was stressed. He was starting to talk nonsense. And that's the beginning of the end. Like, did you see the Emery rants of the last couple of months? It was just absolute bollocks. Yeah. And so, so we were getting to that stage of Arteta where he was just starting to talk bollocks and I didn't want him to go. So I think, obviously, I haven't been 100% Arteta out. I was more leaning towards that way. But there's there's quite a few a few reasons. Obviously, I'll, I'll air them now. So obviously, attacking-wise, we've been awful this season. Obviously, take out the 
the Fulham and West Brom games, obviously that's seven goals and we've scored 13, we've got 20 goals this season. So we would have scored 13 goals from 15 games for Arsenal Football Club. Um, our style of play is to be desired. Obviously, I know today against West Brom, our style of play is very good. He's got a great team goal. Um, but if you take the other 16 or 15, take away the Fulham one, games of the season, our style of play has been awful. Um, what I will say, and I, I I jumped in to defend last time and I will jump in yeah. again, he has, to him and his opinion, been forced to play three at the back, uh, five at the back instead right, of four. Right, right. So, 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 so let me ask you this, right? And I want to talk about this because I think this is very important. So Arteta's just over a year in now. Um, Emery, I don't even think, made it to two years, made it to about a year and a half and was sacked. Emery had a better record in the league than Arteta. Don't get me wrong, Arteta obviously did win the FA Cup, but we were winning FA Cups under Wenger and people wanted Wenger out. Um, Emery bottled the final of the Europa So, yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm not saying... Emery should have gone. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But what I'm trying to get into is Emery had a better points total and still got sacked than what Arteta's got at the moment. Um, I think the fact that he's an ex-player and ex-captain is the only thing that's kept him in the job at the moment. Um, I don't think a big team like Arsenal, um, one of the biggest teams in the league, can afford to take on a rookie manager um, with all the mistakes he's made this season. I think there's a... If you keep him and he's obviously a rookie manager and we're not getting any closer to the top four, the longer we're out of the top four, top you know, top of the premiership, the longer it takes to get back. And I think his appointment, in my opinion, wasn't... I just wish it came a few years later. I just wish he'd already managed and he'd got a bit more experience instead of using us as, as a test. Um, it's difficult to say because obviously there's been positive signs, obviously winning the FA Cup. Um, that was great. He, he uh, In his first... And especially in the FA Cup against the big teams, he did very well. Um, our league form has always been a bit patchy under him. Um, and I think if you asked most Arsenal fans, if about 14, 15 games into the season, if we'd be 15th in the league, um, only a few points away from the relegation zone, if they'd have wanted Arteta in, I think most people would have said no. Um I think obviously we've won three games in a row and he's turned it around from now. Um, but we're going to have to go on a hell of a run for him to him to seriously change my mind the way we've been playing this season and, and our form. I, as you know, we debated this off camera before. Yeah. I don't think you can judge someone on the what they promise you and their vision is when you can't start putting that vision in place. He wants to play what I believe will be 4-2-3-1. He... And no yeah. one forced him to play through at the back, which I agree with. But he, with the squad he had, believed that that's what he had to do to, uh, you know, shore the defence up. We'd get the right personnel in in a few windows or whatever. And I hope we continue to play for the back uh, once we have party back as well, because he's yeah. obviously going to be a key player anchoring the midfield so we don't get dominated midfield like we have for the last 55 games in a row with El Nenny and Xhaka. Yeah. Um, I think it's harsh to judge someone based on what they say they'll do for you when you haven't been able to actually instill that vision. 
So as soon as he starts playing four at the back, I think you should judge him. And he has done for the last few games, and you should be judging him on this. Obviously, that's biased because he's won the last few games, and you can, you know, it's it, no, we shouldn't you, forget Jamie, the last can, performances. Can I, just, can I just add quickly? Like, you can't just say, oh, you know, he's lost all them games in the season. We've been doing terrible in the league, but let's just forgive all that because he's found some recent form playing no, four at the back. I'm not saying this that. isn't this isn't the first three games he's played four at the back. Don't get, he has not been playing five at the back the whole of the season. He has had games at four in the back. He had them games against Tottenham where Lacazette started at 10. We've been playing four at the back. It's nothing to do with a switch in formation. It's the fact that he's listened and played young players, players that want to play for the shirt, players that want to attack and express themselves more than the old old players that haven't performed and he's it shouldn't have to take like us being 15th in the league for him to give players like Smith Rowe a chance to play Saka in an attacking position it shouldn't have to take that like I think a lot of Arsenal fans could see that five to ten games before he could and that's the worrying thing I'm not saying that I'm happy with what's happened I'm disappointed and I believe that we've underperformed but it's just a weird situation because everything has gone perfectly except everything that occurs on the pitch. The players look motivated and energised mentally. They buy into the culture and we we came off that huge success with the FA Cup. So it almost, you can't, there's no explanations except tactically. And if he's self-aware and humble enough to understand that with our current level of squad, you know, we don't have Trent Alexander-Arnold whipping in perfect balls every single time, that you can't persist with tactics that aren't working, then if he manages to change that and um, makes efforts to deal with that, then we'll succeed. But but he did persist with the bad tactics and we kept losing. And I'm just, I'm not like, we've won three games in a row, great. But I'm it's it's got to be, I'm going to judge him on his next five games. Like... We've got obviously Newcastle on the FA Cup. I'm I'm just strictly talking about the league at the moment because at this moment in time I'm not too fussed about the cups at the moment because we you know we always do good in the FA Cup. We could do with probably not winning it again. But I mean, if we win it, we win it's it. It's already way into Europe, mate. So, well, you never know with the Europa League. But so our next league games we've got Crystal Palace, Newcastle, both at home, and we've got Southampton away. So I'd I'd expect us. Especially the team Arsenal are, and I'm not saying this current Arsenal team, but the club the size of Arsenal with the players we've got, we should be winning them three games. If he loses two out of three of them and stuff like that, we're we're back where we were. And I think like it's consistency. It's like it's the same thing we're talking about Pepe with. Like you've got to be consistent. Like you can't be. You know, we won our first two games of the season. Oh, we've won these three in a row. Like, and but we've lost. You know. We've lost eight games this season. We've lost more games than we've won. And I think, like... And when you take into account that we've won the last three in a row, like, we 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 had, like, double our win. We had more... Sorry, double more losses than we had wins. We're 15th in the table. I think it's if it's any other manager that's not an, an ex-player, an ex-captain of the club, they're gone. Like, and I I think he... Sh- personally, I think he should have gone. If he, ch- if he turns it around and he does the Sir Alex Ferguson where he turns it around... He stays with us for a long time and he wins a lot of stuff. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm not saying I'm Arteta, Arteta 100% out because I want to see a bit more from him. But I'm just Arteta in. We are culturally, we were culturally all over the place. A lot of people seem to be lackadaisical. 
And no. I don't know how you can expect just to keep firing and replacing managers and expecting something to just click correctly. You have well, you to get just... a world class manager. That's the difference. <laughs> I don't know how you can expect someone to just come in, click their fingers, and go right. We're a world class team here. The squad aren't that good. The attitudes aren't that good, and you have to go backwards before you can go forwards in some of these situations and really just go but back he, to the basics. He hasn't like when you're like change the culture. He changes the culture for players he sees fit, like. William goes to Dubai during COVID. Arteta doesn't care. I guarantee if Pepe does that, Arteta cares. Like he he pick and chooses who he who he hates on. Like he does. I think you've got to be consistent and fair. And I don't think he's been like that with all of the players. I don't want us to become the kind of team that fires four managers a year and sees people as sort no, of just disposable had... things. I. But the thing is with me, Jamie, is that if he was. If he'd been eighth, between sixth and eighth in the league, then I'm, I'm like, okay, this is still a bad season, but you know we might be moving in the right direction if we can win a few games. Like, we've just won three games in a row. And we've gone from fifteenth to eleven. Like we're Arsenal. Like, I, if we're not one of the biggest teams in our country, then I can appreciate the fact that we've got a new manager, but. The longer we stay out of the Champions League places, the longer we don't challenge for the title, the longer it takes for Arsenal to get... It took Liverpool 30 years. We're on 16... Well, coming up this season, it'll be 17 years since we've won the Premier League. We're going to be the new Liverpool. And it's probably going to take... Because of how we've... You know, how our club's been run, we're probably going to take another 15, 20, 30 years to win the league. But you speed that up by getting a world-class manager. I mean, like... For me, like Thomas Tuchel, the PSG manager that got sacked, he got them in the Champions League last season. You can't tell me that if we went out and got him that we wouldn't be doing better than we are under Arteta. In my opinion, I think we'd be doing a lot better. And I'm not saying he's the best manager in the world, but I think I'd rather a short-term fix. Or, you know, he used to say that he couldn't be a long-term manager, but I think you need... It's a results It's a results business. And I'd, I'd, I think it's come too soon for him. I'd I'd love to be proved wrong, and I really want to be. But well, we won't find an answer talking about it, so we'll have to see what happens no, no. in the future. What That's I will fine. say is, you know me personally, and you know in my private life I'm a perfectionist, and in my working life I'm the least likely person of a lot of people if you line them up in a in a line to tolerate mediocrity. And what we have at the moment is mediocrity. But for some reason, I'm not feeling that urge to switch like I would do in almost any other management situation so, let's, I have so let me faith. so let me put this out to you so what position in the table is low enough that if we finish there we get rid of our <laughs> if it is low enough that we get rid of our tether like what position has he got to finish above that you keep him that's such a well put line I can't even respond to that you've you've crushed me with that argument I think the season's a write-off I don't care what happens I just we, want us to build so if, we've, if we finish future. if we finish where we are now 11th are you Arteta in still depends how the players react no but that that's not the players react we're 11th in the league and we're Arsenal Football Club are you still Arteta in I'll decide when we get to it <laughs> Right, that's that's how we go. That's been the first episode of the best podcast to ever grace you Arsenal fans and speakers. My name's Jamie, I'm with Kieran, 
and that's North London's most read. We hope you tune in next time and thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Peace.